and welcome to Mega Ten Marathon. It's a game-by-game journey through the Shin Megami Tensei and Persona games. Um, we are at the 25th episode, and we are about to do our final episode on Persona 5. Um, unless there's something, you know amazing that you know we need to do a uh another episode just about like the new game plus <laughs> uh, nope there isn't content all right i finished well, new I'm game Paul. plus it is exactly <laughs> the same except for one boss fight hmm. which is actually oh, a mate. pretty good boss fight but not that good <laughs> <laughs> well i am paul and davis and who are you i'm alexander uh, dorada wolf Yes, welcome. Um, so yeah, we've made it all this all uh, all the way through the year. What when, tw- what was it? Twenty fifteen? Twenty fourteen? I don't remember. Yeah, me neither. Anyway, twenty XX. Yeah, twenty XX. Um, so and what we have going on at this point is uh, we took out Cheeto. Um, but well, everything is fine now that Shido's gone. Everything is fine. Like, <laughs> of course, the game, the game is clearly setting him up as the final boss, and now that he's done, the Phantom Thieves can disband and know that they fixed the country. Yeah, exactly. So we're just gonna have a little relaxed episode here where we talk about you know saying goodbye to all your social links and you know who you go on your date with on Christmas, you know <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, uh, just a few things happen. In between now and then, now, yeah. now and Christmas. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, do you want to start us off here? Yeah, sure. So um, I believe we're starting off on uh, December 24th, let's just say. Um, or no, it's right after Shido's heart has changed. I forget the exact date for that. Um, so uh, basically we get a little cutscene that says that uh, a bunch of nameless guys in Shido's conspiracy are going to keep doing the conspiracy because, well, obviously, like, you can't incriminate yourself. So they're just going to keep it going without Shido. He wasn't really that important. Mm-hmm. And uh, Morgana is uh, all like, hmm, gee, well, everything's wrapped up, but I sure want to know who I am and mm-hmm. what my deal is. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get a very clear answer about that. Relatively, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so Christmas is coming up and uh, everyone seems to not have noticed the Cheetos, like, massive confessions to murder and stuff. Like, yeah. Well, uh, I guess, uh, you know, Shido sure is great. I guess he's sick or something. <laughs> he has that yeah. illness where you go on TV and say you killed a bunch of people. Yeah. I mean, there's there's worse people yeah. to, to uh, rule the nation. i sure glad he's going to be the prime minister. Yeah, um, exactly. So um, then Sai uh, shows up, uh, asks the gang, hey, Everything else is still really bad. Uh, can you do anything to fix it? Because it's bad, yo. Mm-hmm. Um, so they hatch this kind of crazy idea that maybe there's some kind of treasure at the bottom of Mementos that is making everybody crazy. Yes. Uh, obviously. And uh, if you haven't been keeping up with your Mementos uh, 
then you're going to have a lot of floors of mementos to do. Yeah, I don't even know what that would like be like, because there are so many of the, the social inquests that are tied in with that. Yeah, you know, I I feel like I had more than I should have at that point. Um, but I could have just been, uh, you know, I, I feel like there's like a couple of social link things. that I just kind of was like, yeah, fuck it. And um, I had a couple uh, areas and mementos that I was behind in. Mm. Yeah, um, I, I never had any problems keeping up, so it was just you know, whatever. Um, oh, and it's important to note that uh, if they steal the treasure from Mementos, that is apparently going to destroy the entire metaverse. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I don't think that makes sense either. Uh, especially, it's like the collective unconscious. So, and wh- why would that stop existing? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I mean, insofar as there is any kind of like ongoing lore between these games um you know the whole world of personas and the velvet room and uh some kind of like meta you know subconscious area you know it didn't go away at the end of three or four so yeah i guess maybe it's just that mementos is like a specific version of that that's inherent to the story of this game yeah um, that would be my guess. They sure as heck don't go into saying anything about that, though. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's the implication that, you know, basically there's <sighs> mementos being powered by, you know, people's like the evil in men's hearts or whatever. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll come back to that, I think. Um when we get to some of the plot stuff that happens there, because yeah, I don't know. Um, but so anyway, uh, yeah, you're going to go into mementos. Um, night before that, your Morgana social link finally goes up to 10 and you lose his dumb Zorro persona. Uh, now it's a surfer dude. Um, Mercury, uh, or Mercurius, because you can't just name things what they are. Exactly. Um, and he still has that stupid, weird necklace head. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the, some of the personas in this game are just not. Yeah. One of my favorite designs that they've done. Yeah. I mean, as a whole, I think the ultimate personas are, are better than the starting ones, I think. Definitely. Um, you know, they're, they, they're mythical figures who make sense mostly. Um, they're stretching a little on Haru and, uh, Makoto because there aren't that many lady trickster gods, but, um, yeah, Morgana's weird tiny head guy. Just weird. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you're going to go into the Velvet Room. I mean, you're going to go into uh, Mementos and see what's down at the bottom. Yeah, exactly. Um, go all the way down to the bottom. Yep. Uh, fun little note here is that the uh, the little days counter in the upper right reads, uh, Days until re-arrest. Phew. <laughs> <laughs> um because you got to put something in that part of the interface. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So if you haven't finished Mementos, you have to go through all of those floors all the way to the bottom. Um, weirdly, uh, when it dumps you in Mementos, it dumps you uh, just on floor one. Mm-hmm. Like rather than at the entrance where you can just warp to the farthest floor you've been. 
So yeah. I don't know what, which was weird. So you just have to go back up and then warp down. Yeah, it's just a pain for um, no seeming reason. Yeah, just a weird choice. So uh, at the bottom, um, there's a big mysterious door, and it looks like like all those trains that you've been seeing with the weird shadow people throughout Mementos. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like where all those trains are going. Exactly. And is it the is it this point or is it at this point where the um, you know they they sort of look like neurons or something like that that are just kind uh, of a, like it's a little bit after I think that's after the door right um, yeah so there's a, a big door uh, and uh, they make a big deal about how you can't go back through the door once you've gone through the door uh, you actually can. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, you can. If, if you just go back, it takes you back to regular Mementos. I mean, you can't leave Mementos, but you can still go back through the door that they make a big deal of being a one-way door. Right. Um, so, yeah, now here we're seeing, like, this crazy, super underground prison-looking thing with a bunch of people chained up, and, like, they're waiting to get through this other door past the first door. And um, you try to figure out what's going on. And uh, it's just a bunch of, like, shadow people being like, we don't want to leave. You should come and join us in this weird place. Mm-hmm. Um, Morgana helpfully says that this is kind of like those uh, shadow people in uh, Kamashita's prison who are like, no, let him hit me. Right. Um, and so through, um, a cool thing about this uh, kind of dungeon, spoiler, it's a dungeon, uh, is that you can talk to, like, various uh, shadow people through it. Mm-hmm. Like, way more than uh, in the other dungeons in the game. Um, and even come across some of the people that you've uh, taken down. Yeah. Um, and you kind of just get a feel for what this place is um, through talking to them. Uh, yeah. And so they, they one of the one of the shadows in depth says the, that um, mementos holds a system with which grants desires. Yeah. And then you also get some references to a quarantine cell, which contains things you don't need to know to live on and a great and mysterious criminal. Okay, Uh, so uh, then a guard fights you and uh, Morgana remembers that, hey, this place seems familiar. Mm hmm. Um, Okay, so kind of the main gimmick of this dungeon is these incredibly creative tile puzzles that I've never seen before. (laughs) Um, where you step on a tile and it turns a color, but if you step on it again, it turns a different color. And your goal is to make all of the tiles the same color. It's amazing. Yeah. And they, uh, they ramp up the complexity of these throughout the dungeon. Like it starts off just with what I said. Then later you need to like get some keys to reveal some more tiles so that it becomes a pattern that's solvable. And then later you get, um, a limited number of moves to solve. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing gameplay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you go through the dungeon and then um, like probably about halfway in, you run into a cell that has Kamashita, Mamarabe, Kanashiro and Shido all locked up in it. And you talk to them for a bit and it's really pretty creepy. They're just like, yeah, oh, I used to want things. Now I don't want things. And this is great. Right. Um. Yeah, this is a great bit where uh, Kamashita uh, talks about, like, oh, Anne, you're so hot. And he's like, haha, just kidding. I want nothing anymore. 
is just super dark. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he doesn't even want to be a perv. Yeah. He's like, ah, uh, no, I'd rather not have to worry about desire at all. Um, and this just kind of leaves you all with like a, a sense of, hmm, did this thing we did, was it good? Yeah. Um, so then Shido gives, uh, Shadow Shido gives you a little bit of, or Cognition Shido, whatever Shido, that <laughs> gives you uh, <laughs> uh, a little bit of an explanation of what this place is. Um, that it's a, a prison of regression, which is a phrase that's going to come up couple of times that I don't quite understand, but okay. Interesting translation. Um, and that like the people who had palaces out in the world were like escaped convicts from this prison and you've returned them to the prison in which they belong. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes on to say that the ruler of this prison is every member of the general public. Right. And so it's, you know, the great unconscious yeah. of humanity. And I guess by the prison of regression, I mean, they could be going for some kind of like, I don't know, arrested development sort of. Yeah. No, I think that's the idea. Um, yeah. You know, a state where uh, everyone where you can where you're just taken care of. Um, they don't really explain that. They, they just say prison of regression like you're supposed to understand what it means. Mm hmm. Like, I really feel like, uh, especially in this, like, last uh, kind of segment of the game, the translation gets really spotty. Um, like, I started noticing some, like, grammatical errors and stuff, too. Yeah, which is something we haven't really talked a lot about. But there was certainly a lot of uh, people worked up about the translation early on. Um, and for the most part, I didn't really uh, have have too many problems because in context it was understandable enough. Yeah. But you know, I, my, my um, experience was that I, d it didn't bother me the first time through the mm -hmm. game, but when I was going through it again and like taking notes and stuff, stuff really started standing out to me. Right. Right. And I think that part of the, part of why this uh, ending, um, you know, this ending section just seems kind of, confusing and not particularly effectively communicated is because the translation is not, is poor. Um, yeah. It, it's like, especially here, you're relying much more on these very abstract concepts, mm -hmm. um, which are symbolized by various concrete things in the game. And I would imagine the original text just gives them names by which their connotations and like, what you think what you're supposed to think they're supposed to mean makes sense while here it's like prison of regression well okay i guess i can kind of get what that means like i bet that name makes sense in japanese yeah exactly and i'm thinking about uh my uh, who's a member of uh the duck feed uh slack that uh we all are on um and she played the game in uh in japanese originally and uh i remember we had a few conversations on the slack um where the story to her was not nearly as flabby as it seemed to uh some of us yeah so. yeah i i i was talking with her um last week and i i brought up and i brought up a few uh like specific examples, and she's like, "Yeah, that wasn't in the Japanese." Hmm. Like, I yeah, that just seems like a bad translation. And you know, 
from uh, just uh, like I have done a little bit of looking at the um, at like just a quick translation some fan did like before the game came out in English mm-hmm. and com- which is, you know, not going to be great, but it is going to be pretty literal and just kind of comparing that to the um, the in-game text. And there's a lot of pretty wide deviation. Right. Like it's not a direct translation. It's much more of a localization type thing, which is fine. Just when you do that, you need to make sure you're getting the meaning. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I mean, a lot of the people at the time where they're saying, you know, oh, well, you know, obviously Atlas, you know, just didn't take, didn't care. Or like people working on the translation didn't care. And, you know, I think that's a load of bullshit. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, of course. They clearly did care. But I think maybe there was, you know, maybe somebody uh, who was supposed to be you know, managing the entire translation who didn't, you know, because it was released. So, uh, you know, so behind schedule, you know, I think probably whoever was, you know, kind of like the main editors may have just had to like, you know, work on portions of it and just push it through, you know? Yeah. It really does just read to me like something that, didn't go through like it reads like a first draft mm-hmm. in a lot of places like a, a you know a perfectly good first draft but one that you need to go back and read like from start to finish and take a lot of time to make sure that everything fits together which yeah. I, I just don't think they had the time mm-hmm. like because the turnaround between the japanese and american release was pretty short yeah it was really short i mean it was you know Longer than it had been originally planned, but I think it was it wasn't any longer than like six months. I don't think. Yeah, and with the amount of text in this game, mm-hmm. it just the idea, like, and you know, obviously they were working on it from before then, but it, it it seems to me like they didn't have as much time as they needed. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, back uh, back to the game. Um, so, um. Uh, the last kind of little hurrah of the characters slowly getting their memories back is also happening throughout this dungeon as at various points, Morgana's like, oh, yes, I remember this. Mm-hmm. Then later, oh, yes, no, I remember being here. Like, that's, you know, a big new reveal. And just incrementally revealing that, yes, we know you're from here. Right. You know, those dreams of you waking up. <laughs> <laughs> In mementos, when you're contemplating your origin, uh, kind of, you know, it, it's, hmm, who was the man who got Joker convicted all over again? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so uh, you find the mysterious uh, quarantine cell, and Morgana remembers that he came from the cell, and that's where he was created. Um, but he wasn't the inmate that it was designed to contain. Yeah. And, you know, certainly when I was playing this, I had no idea what to make of that. Right. Okay. Well, I guess we'll find out soon enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so you finally, so, so throughout this whole uh, dungeon, you're going lower and lower into the kind of the heart of the earth and mementos and fi- following these big kind of vein looking biological, it, it's a very cool looking dungeon. Mm-hmm. And so way down at the bottom, there's like, this big kind of Colosseum-y cup thing that they're all going into. Mm-hmm. 
And so you climb down there um, in a very cool scene, you know, the game once again using some really great visuals and vertical space in its dungeons. Um, so you come into the Coliseum thing, which is like, it's like a Coliseum, but like all of the rows are all prison cell looking things. Mm-hmm. And they're all surrounding this big golden cup. Exactly. And apparently the cup is the treasure. Yep. Um Makes you think back to that random question you had about how hearts are uh, the holy grail in the deck of cards in school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that was one of the school questions you had to answer like a couple yeah. of months prior. Just, yes. you know, persona seating the big kind of mythic thing in class. Uh, I believe they did that in four, too. Yeah. Um, but then, holy shit, the cup wakes up and like starts shooting searchlights at you. Mm-hmm. Um. And you have to fight the cup. Yeah. And Makoto uh, surmises that the cup is like a collective intelligence born of everyone's desire to be free from responsibility and be want, be imprisoned. I mean, they they want to be imprisoned. Yeah, that's what you've been hearing through, like, every shadow person you talk to. Mm-hmm. Right here is like, I want to be in prison. Why aren't you in prison? Prison's great. Yes. Um, so, yeah, about half health, the uh, cup uses a move called Will of the People where it, like, sucks energy out of all of the people in Mementos and just totally heals up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it starts talking to you, being like, I am the grantor of dreams. Behold me, the Holy Grail. <laughs> um, and, you know, just your standard boss taunts um, that you've been hearing from basically everybody. Uh, just with a little bit more of the overarching, this is what everyone wants thing. Right. Uh, you're going to be getting a lot of the, this is what everyone wants boss taunts for the rest of the game. Yeah. And it's, it's odd. I mean, I, I, I would be curious to know what the original, uh, you know, what it was originally. Um, the Holy Grail seems like a really odd <laughs> thing weird. to call it, you know. I mean, I, I feel like it must have been the Holy Grail originally. Like, yeah, probably. I mean, it may just be that thing where it's like Japanese game designers are like, oh, here's the thing from Christian mythos that is cool and foreign and strange to us. Well, I mean, OK, if you break down the mythology of it, it's um something that is mostly defined by the fact that everybody wants it. Like, that's been the mythic significance of the Holy Grail is, you know, where trying to find it. And so it is kind of the ultimate treasure. Right. So right. I think that's where they get, they start. Like, OK, what's the ultimate treasure? Yeah. That makes and sense. then um, it also does have this kind of redemptive angle, um, you know, with its connection to Christ. And and that's all very kind of wibbly and not well explained in any of the mythology. But so redemptive treasure thing that gives you what you want. Yeah, I, it, I agree. It doesn't make perfect sense, but it's close. Yeah, no, I mean, it works as much. It as works well enough. Anything. Yeah. Um, and I definitely was not expecting, you know, the big bad of the game to be the Holy Grail. Right. Did not see that coming. Mm-hmm. So, okay, first plot twist that worked on me. <laughs> so, uh, oh, it's, it gives you, uh, you know, bunch of exposition it says the prison of regression is representative of the collective desires of humanity 
They wish to be chained down, surrender their cognition, and neglect the world around them. These feeble-minded common folk will make your social reform all for naught. Yeah. So the fight goes on, and eventually it becomes clear that the cup is just healing too fast for you to possibly beat it. Mm-hmm. Um, then at some point, uh, it says that it's uh, going to realize humanity's wishes and encroach on reality itself. And then the cup zaps you and says, now the time for fusion has come. <laughs> Again, just now the time for fusion has come. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh so then suddenly everybody, your your team wakes up and you're just like outside the metaverse, you know, at the subway where you get in. And then there's a crazy anime cutscene as like all of these giant bone architecture spine things start shooting up out of the ground and mm-hmm. starts raining blood. And like basically just mementos imposes itself on regular reality. Yeah. Um, so you you guys all notice this and. uh Sajiro and like Mishima and presumably your other social link guys do too. But everyone else is just like, yep, I see nothing. This is all normal. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you do see scenes of all the other confident links being like, oh, my God, raining blood and skeletons sticking out of the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, then a weird thing happens and the Phantom Thieves all kind of collapse in pain because the Holy Grail explains that you're all going to disappear because everyone's forgotten you. Now that the metaverse is real. Right. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, you're all so you're all disappearing because Mementos is real and everybody thinks you don't exist. OK, that doesn't make sense mm-hmm. because, yes, you as the Phantom Thieves, I can buy that people forget about them. People don't forget about you as like just regular going to school. You. Right. There would be no reason for them to forget that. Yeah. I mean, I went with it just because. You know, at this point, you have to. It's stuff is happening fast enough that you don't really question it here. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, really, maybe the cup is just hates you and is making you disappear. Right. (laughs) That makes as much sense as anything. Um, So you all disappear and uh, the fan site Phantometer thingy drops down to zero point zero. Because the cup has a uh, IT staff. Oh, yeah. Well, at at this point in the game, particularly, that meter is really not, (laughs) is very clearly not the actual meter on the website, but rather a symbol. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, to some degree, it always has been, but... Right, but just the idea that this is a website where people are going and voting. Yeah. It is not. (laughs) Also, uh, now I'm wondering, like... No, I'm not even going down that road of wondering how that percentage is calculated based on all-time votes versus <laughs> votes on a given day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that <laughs> that way lies madness. Yeah, so not going to do that. So um, then you wake up in the Velvet Room. Mm-hmm. And Igor is like, you failed. Uh, people suck. Uh, you did everything right, but they still hate you. Uh, so now I sentence you to death. Mm-hmm. And uh, your uh, two, what's their name, Carol and Justin, Justine girls, mm-hmm. are like, what? And he's like, nope, everything is over. Grant that man a swift death. See, yeah. now that's a translation I like. <laughs> yeah. Grant, that's good. Where, where did Igor get so, uh, get so, um, 
bloodthirsty. Yeah, it's it's weird. And, um, you know, clearly uh, the two warden girls think so, too. Um, basically, they take standard, uh, you know, nice one, mean one attitudes with the nice one being like, oh, we shouldn't kill him. The mean one being like, no, we should kill him because we have to. Um, so they're about to execute you and you're like, hell no, I'm not letting this happen. And you turn all phantom thiefy uh, with your outfit, that is. Yeah, you're not and, in your, uh, yeah. your jail outfit anymore. Yeah, and uh, then you fight them, but you can't move in the fight. <laughs> <laughs> so they just beat you up. Um, right. And they're still like, you sure you want us to kill him, boss? And he's like, yes. Mm-hmm. And then just before they've got you down to zero, they get you down to one HP. And uh, then finally, the nice one uh, who I, I don't remember which one is the nice one <laughs> uh, is just like, no, we're not doing this. Mm -hmm. And then the mean one's like, yeah, you know what? This is weird. Yeah. Uh, and they ask, uh, Caroline asks, Master, have you forsaken humanity? Justine says, we are wardens, those who rehab. Re Rehabilitate prisoners. Igor says, what? <laughs> and uh, Justine says, something speaks to me in my mind. Our true duty is not to kill. And then you can, there's a mysterious voice saying, help. And then we see uh, that butterfly from the beginning of the game. And then also in the big plot twist November sequence, flying over Joker's face and the screen goes dark. And the voice says, our desire for you is to complete your true rehabilitation. And Justine says, we are not executioners. That is the truth we had forgotten. Uh, then the two of them figure a thing out that because their eye patches are on opposite eyes, they must be the same person who got split in half. Makes sense. Totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, obviously, they were the same person who got split in half. That was clear from the beginning. Um. And then we see a little flash of presumably who they are when they were together. And they just the big memory thing. All the, the memories all come back to them like has happened to everyone else. Mm -hmm. um, so this is a really cool bit where they ask you then to put them back together by doing uh, one of them guillotine fusions like you've been doing to the personas throughout the whole game. Yeah. Uh, this I liked a lot. Just the mm -hmm. idea of Joker doing this like himself with his own hands was very, it was cool. Yeah. I was very down with this. Yeah. And a really cool kind of inversion of uh, what you've been seeing over and over, an animation you've been seeing over and over. Throughout yeah. The yeah. It was really effective. I was, yeah, very happy with the way that went down. Um, so you do that. Um, and then uh, there's a new girl who is weirdly the same size as they are. Like, I, I know I'm being weird to harp on this, <laughs> but they're two, like, half-sized, like, they should clearly merge into, a like, a regular adult, right? Yeah, you you would think, but... Uh, but no, it, it's just some lady in a dress, with uh, some, like, little girl in a blue dress, not in, like, warden costume, mm -hmm. holding the book. Uh, she says that she is Lavenza and explains that she sought your help uh, and she was the butterfly throughout the game. Which is strange because it's not Philemon. Yeah, I thought that that was weird. That was real weird. Yeah. Because yeah, who knows what they're doing with Philemon. Yeah. 
<laughs> they, they, they seem to have really dropped that thread. Yeah. Um, worth noting, the name Lavenza is um, also a Frankenstein reference. Um, uh, Persona 3 uh, was Elizabeth, and Elizabeth uh, was Victor Frankenstein's love interest in the book. Mm, and yeah. her last name was Lavenza. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, I never, I was unaware of that. Yeah, I just looked that up today um, because I kept meaning to look up that weird name. So um, I think it's just them keeping with the Frankenstein tradition of Igor and... Right. Yeah. I wonder if, um, what's her name from Margaret from uh, Persona 4 is a Frankenstein reference to? Yeah, I'd I'd be curious. Yeah. Well, you can look that up, listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So anyway, um, so she says, yeah, thanks for putting me back together. And then she reveals, okay, and this is probably the big plot twist of the game that totally blindsided me. Mm-hmm. Igor isn't actually Igor. He's an imposter. Right. And so you thought, Igor sure seems weird. He's got a different voice. And in Japan, that was because the actor had died. But... Yeah. um at least here, the Igor, the true Igor, uh, re, uh, returns to uh, his original actor. Actually, it doesn't. Oh, it doesn't? No. Igor has actually been played by different people in, like, all of the games. Oh, okay. And they're just doing the same voice. All right. I did not know that. Yeah. But it's, it's supposed to be the normal Igor. Right. <laughs> and it sounds just like him. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just the welcome to the velvet room, yeah. Igor. Yeah. Um, so uh, anyway, so uh, fake Igor like starts floating up and his eyes get all glowy and he's like, the game isn't over yet. Uh, it is all sport to me. <laughs> um, he then says he's a god with dominion over man, uh, blah, blah. Um so he then explains that humanity's response to Joker's destabilizing actions as the trickster was to rewrite reality so that they never happened. And because they like so there was this trickster versus order contest thing going on and Joker won. But people are like, no, we don't want you to win. Right. Um, and because of that, humanity deserves to be met with ruin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is he going to do? It's it's a good question. Because um, I thought he was just going to, like, rule them as a cup. <laughs> yeah. And uh, no one would notice anything. But it would secretly be, like, weird mementos hell. Mm-hmm. So the question of... And the game has been talking about ruin this whole time. He's always like, you have avoided ruin. What? And now you meant... And now you... You must succumb to ruin, and now also humanity must. Um, again, I want to know what the Japanese word there is. <laughs> right. Because I bet it makes more sense than ruin. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, you have to really wonder about that. Um, like, what's going on there? Yeah. Um, so then he offers, uh, because he thinks you're fun to watch, to... Bring the world back to normal for a while. Make the Phantom Thieves famous uh, and just everything will be normal again. Mm -hmm. And this is your 
very standard bad ending. Although this ending isn't actually like it's your very standard less good ending. <laughs> um, what happens if you say yes? Um, okay, so I did watch that today. Uh, what happens is uh, cut to uh, Joker sitting at the cafe, hanging out with uh, Sojira and uh, Futaba. Uh, the new like there's a guy on the news being like the hospital that. Um, claimed that they were that has been accused of s- selling children's organs has <laughs> has confessed All that right. they have in fact been doing that <laughs> where did that come from i don't know but it was hilarious yeah uh, the newscaster goes on to be like it was probably the phantom thieves who did that that makes over a hundred people whose hearts they've changed isn't it great my um, God. Uh, so then uh, then later, I guess you see Joker standing in like, you know, the downtown area with the big Jumboton, Jumbotron screen, um, which is still talking about the Phantom Thieves fixing everything. And uh, some passerbys are saying like, oh, hmm, things are still bad, but good thing we have those Phantom Thieves. But also I'm scared to bring a child into the world. <laughs> um, and then... Um, the camera does then Joker does one of his kind of like trademark look at the camera look cool things and the game ends. Right. Okay. Um so it's it's really a nothing ending. Um yeah, except for <laughs> apparently somewhere in the future in the timeline that doesn't happen, um or in the bad timeline, uh you're uh going uh to war with people who are selling uh children's organs. Yeah. Um <laughs> Who knows? Maybe there'll be some kind of like Persona 5 VR missions where <laughs> you play in that world as the Phantom Thieves, just like, here are a hundred people whose hearts you must fix. That's going to be uh, Persona Q2. Mm. That's not the worst idea. Yeah, I would take that. Yeah, maybe just like, you know, some harder, like, a, you know, a, a little same, same combat engine as Persona 5, just with the difficulty amped up could be really fun. Yeah. Um, but that's idle speculation. <laughs> so, um, then fake Igor disappears and real Igor and his like classic desk appear and he's sleeping on his desk. Mm-hmm. He's like, Oh wow. I was asleep for a while. Welcome to the velvet <laughs> room. <laughs> uh, at this point, uh, very humorously, uh, Lavenza chimes in with, you're probably really confused about what happened, but if I were to sum it up, I would say the fake Igor is gone, and this is the real one. (laughs) (laughs) Just like someone on staff was like, are people going to know what is going on? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. It's like, that is like the, like, dictionary definition for exposition. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, like, yeah. You may be confused, but this A caused B to happen. Right. The thing you're looking at here is this. The thing you have been looking at was that. Okay. Um, so basically, now you have to uh, go get your team back together. Um, where are they? Um, well, oh, you. Uh, they're also in the Velvet Room, which is now just kind of like a which is larger than it usually is. It has like a little jail wing. Yeah. It's which a, is just a bunch of other cells. Yeah. It's just a cool place to hang out. Yeah. Um, 
so basically now Joker has to go walk and talk to like all of this gang is locked up in cells and you have to go find them and talk to them and convince them to keep fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, these are good little character scenes. I liked them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, just some some nicely written little character bits talking about each of them and why they're fighting and what it means to them. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah, it, it was good. I, I I thought it was a good use of time in the game. Uh, so after you've talked to all of them, except for Morgana, who's not there. Uh, so after you talk to everyone, you're like, hmm, but where's Morgana? Um, so you ask Igor and Lavenza, and they're like, oh, he's over there. And then he just comes up. Right. And explains that uh, if we finally find out what the deal with him is, Turns out he's from the Velvet Room. And when Evil God um, was uh, taken over Igor's identity, Igor used the last bit of his strength to kind of put together the remaining rebellious spirit of humanity and create Morgana Mm -hmm. um, to help guide Joker, I guess. Yeah. And that's the answer to that mystery. Yeah. Um... And then Lavenza explains what happened again. Yeah, just just again, just yeah, their weird fake god decided to have a contest between trickster and order guy, mm-hmm. and blah blah. You, you know, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it, we just explained it. Um, so you um decide to go and fight that cup. Mm-hmm. And so you uh, walk out of the velvet room to find yourself in um demonic uh, Shibuya or uh, uh, Quillipot world, um, which uh, is in uh, the Kabbalah, not actually in the Kabbalah. It's it's like the opposite of the Sephirot tree of life. It's uh, the Quillipot, the tree of death. It's, it's Japanese people taking a thing of Western mysticism and just finding a loose association. Right. Basically, it means bad world. <laughs> as they're using it right bad mirror world mm-hmm. um yep yeah. um so yeah you're out there uh for some reason Morgana's all glowy and some of the bystanders can now see the phantom thieves and kind of begin to remember them mm-hmm. um apparently this is because Morgana is glowy um Oh, and having exited the Velvet Room, you see that the door you came out was the door to the quarantine cell. Mm-hmm. So the quarantine cell was the Velvet Room. Right. That's, yeah, that's what that was, which makes sense. Uh, yeah. I think it makes sense that the collective unconsciousness of humanity would want to seal the Velvet Room, this representation of infinite human potential, like, away to some great extent. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So okay. you climb the big bone staircase to uh, yeah, meet the Grail, and uh, yeah, the shadows here all look like these cool, like geometric angel things. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, and on the way up, you uh, fight a few mini bosses who are all like uh, uh, notable, like archangel personas. Yeah, you know, your Gabriel, your Raphael, yeah. and they're mini bosses. Like you'd think. Mm-hmm. Nothing really remarkable there. And yeah, as you beat them up, the people on the street start to notice what's going on, and they start freaking out. 
Yeah, and this kind of progresses as you're going up. I think it's a somewhat not entirely successful attempt to build tension even more as you're going up the giant bone tower. Mm-hmm. Um, and then weirdly at some point, like, people down there start disappearing. Yeah, that's really confusing. Yeah, and uh, that I, game, you didn't need to do that. It it really just made it confusing. Mm-hmm. So uh, at the top, you meet fake Igor, who uh, taunts you some more before turning into the Grail. And the Grail uh, reiterates that in rejecting him, you're also forgoing the praise of those you wish to save. Yeah, which is going to be something of a, a chorus again, mm-hmm. that real heroes don't need praise. Right. Um, hold on. Okay, sorry. No, no problem. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so you're, you've got a grail fight going on again, and it's more or less the same as the one that you uh, had in Mementos. Yeah, except and, uh, that um, this time the grail has a... A hamsa hand, which is like that symbol of a hand with an eye on the palm, kind of hanging out next to mm-hmm. it. Which it just so happens one of your party members can climb up and then slash the uh, the vein things that let it do its super heal. Mm-hmm. And the hand doesn't do anything in the fight. Well, you had to find a way to uh, take it down. Yeah. This time around. Um. Yeah. So you do. <laughs> uh, you beat you beat the cup. And then there's a crazy anime cutscene where the cup turns into a super god, mm-hmm. uh, revealing itself to be Yaldaboath, Yaldaboath, uh, which in Gnosticism is the name given to the Demiurge, which is the the idea of kind of the evil god who imposes its order on the world. Um, yeah, isn't Demiurge like like some kind of like creator fig creator figure? It or is. I- it, um, well. Okay, I mean, depends on how into Gnosticism you want to get here. But the basic story of it is that the Demiurge is this kind of corrupt god being that created our world. Right. Um, And it's what's preventing us from gaining access to the higher divine world. Mm, Um, Right. Like... uh, in some variants of Gnosticism, it's characterized as the Old Testament God, but like a very unflattering version of that. Just this paternalistic <laughs> bunch of demands, not giving you anything, you know, making you sacrifice your kid and stuff. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so apparently Yaldebaroth or Yadabarth, I call him Yargobargle because that's fun. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's what uh, the cup wants to be called. Mm-hmm. Just this. It, it's basically the the concept is a figure that just imposes its order on the world without any higher meaning. Right. Um, like an, an omnipotent God who is just powerful for the sake of being powerful without any mm-hmm. kind of morality implied in that. Right. Um, and so Yagabaragle looks like a big, <laughs> cool geometric ang- angle, angel, angle, angel thing like the shadows we saw earlier. It's pretty impressive. And um, yeah, pretty cool looking. Yep. And uh, yeah, you fight him. Uh, this is a this fight is more complicated than they needed it to make. Tries to be more complicated than it is, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so it starts off as a pretty normal fight, but then he starts growing arms that are holding objects that represent the seven deadly sins. Right. Like the, the game is really phoning in the seven deadly sin stuff. Yeah. 
and it's not, you know, they they could do like a modern SMT or Persona game uh, without really calling, you know, bringing in the seven deadly sins. They've they've done it enough at this point. Yeah, and it's just, we like, it, like here, for example, you would expect him to grow seven arms. No, he has four. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, fine, whatever. And also, just the idea of what sin is supposed to mean in the context of this game, the the morality this game is setting up is really head scratching. Like, yeah. Like, okay, who? Yeah. If- whose side is sin on? Is does he have the power of sin, or do you? <laughs> Right. And, you know, you would think, like, if you're representing, like, a trickster power um, in, you know, in opposition to this, uh, you know, sort of uh, omnipotent sort of fallen god figure. I mean, yeah, where where is the morality in there? Yeah, just, uh, like... Just leave sin out of the equation. It's it's not relevant to the to any of the moral questions this game is asking. Mm-hmm. But okay, I mean, I guess it just gives them some themes for attacks, right? Um, so weird thing is that each of the limbs inflicts a unique status effect, which is only seen in this fight. Um, and I don't know what they do. I looked it up, but it was stupid. <laughs> um, like they were really just trying to make up a bunch of status effects. Right. And weirdly, the rage one doesn't seem to do anything bad. It just makes your attack stronger. Like, you, <laughs> you, it doesn't berserk you. You can still control your moves. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, who knows? Um, yeah. Okay. So, uh, oh, the other interesting thing is that each of the limbs does have unique uh, resistances and weaknesses. Well, I don't think they, any of them have weaknesses, mm-hmm. but they have unique resistances. So it's a little bit like um, the uh, the Mamarame fight with the different picture frames that had different status effect vulnerabilities and all that. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I liked, and I kind of wish they returned. They went they return to for boss fights a little more in this game. Mm-hmm. But at this point, you really shouldn't have any problem doing, like, powerful attacks of the right elements or no element or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's a, it's an appropriately challenging boss, but you beat him because the game's not that hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's one of those JRPG, you beat him, which means you're going to die kind of scenarios. <laughs> um, so you get, right. you get him down to zero HP, which is when he unleashes his true power and you realize you stand no chance. Yes. Um, so he's a he's like blasting you with void energy or whatever, and yeah. Then we cut down to the street, and everyone's really freaking out because they now see all of these skeleton bones sticking out of the earth and the blood rain. Um, mm. Honestly, it almost feels like they're freaking out less than they should be. Like a guy is asking a cop <laughs> a cop to do something. <laughs> yeah, officer, officer, there's a giant skeleton sticking out of the ground and it's raining blood. I know. <laughs> yeah um but then like uh we hear like they everybody like kind of hears morgana's voice echoing through the pa system of shibuya saying we will take the world which is cool that's cool Mm -hmm. yeah good job there we will take the world i like that um (laughs) trying to make sure to point out the stuff i like Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and then uh it's our old buddy mishima who um Decides to rally everyone in favor of the Phantom Thieves. Yeah. Our little buddy. 
Yeah, he's he's back. <laughs> yeah, he's such a little nerd. I know. <laughs> it's hard to think of him being like you know like a really uh, a compelling figure um, to uh, you know really inspire confidence and uh, you know yeah inspire you know just inspire people in general. Yeah. But you know whatever. Right. Um. But so he gives a rousing little speech about. Oh my God! The world is full of blood. Please support the Phantom Thieves. Maybe they can fix this. <laughs> um, and it basically works. And your uh, the fan site meter starts going up. So obviously everyone is immediately getting out their phones and pressing the vote <laughs> yes on Phantom Thieves button. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get little scenes of uh, all your maxed confident links giving you their messages of support. Um, cool. Yeah. Um, Okay, and then Morgana kind of ruins any coolness of that by saying, you hear that? Those are the voices of the humans you made fun of. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Yeah. That's what this, like, giant angel monster is doing. Right. That's... uh, He's really been making fun of everybody. Yeah. Um, That's his motivation. Right. So... You know, I... I don't know if this is the time to bring this up, but, um, you know, I mean, it's hard to say this because we haven't done Persona 3 or 4, but, like, I find these, like, endgame god characters to be pretty uncompelling and sort of a, sort of a, like, they, they, their motivations always seem really odd and, coming, you know, just, like, out of nowhere, and, um, I don't know, I feel like they're sort of, like, a sort of, you know, kind of reference to the fact that they are SMT games, and so, therefore, you have to fight a god at the end, but I don't think it's really necessary for the game. Um, I really like what they do with it in 4. Right. Um, I mean, I don't know how spoiler I want to get here, but yeah. Um, okay, so you have like at the end, you've got your 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 first like fog god boss, and then that boss is revealed to be someone else from actual mythology, right? And I like that. That's true because that taps into an actual mythological story, and that story gives the characters motivations. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yargle Bargle here. <laughs> I mean, they subverted a little bit um, because one thing that I do have to give the game credit for being very clear on in this endgame is that this is not some god who's taking advantage of people. Mm-hmm. This god is a manifestation of what people want. Like, they yeah. they make a point every time of saying that is like, nope, they created me and all of my power comes from the fact that they want me to do this thing. Yeah, totally. Um, if it didn't have that, this would be total bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I get what you mean about these big god characters feeling kind of empty because these are, you know, the, the Persona games are really human stories. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so having to bring it up to this massive level is tricky. And I think each of the games go about doing like it's a problem that I think the writers of the games are aware of and try to go about dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, never completely successfully, I don't think. But they're trying things, I think. Yeah. And, I mean, it's a JRPG. You have to kill God at the end. It's a law. 
<laughs> no, I mean, like, just in terms of a, like, this game takes 100 hours to beat. Right. You better let me kill so. God at the end. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah, that's true. I, I, I feel like that's actually the strongest argument for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you have to be compelled by the power of friendship to uh, kill God. Yeah. Now, the power of friendship thing, that I'm less crazy about. <laughs> um, now, it's an important theme, and I really do think it's an important theme. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it was better when Earthbound did it. Yeah. Because uh, that was really cool. Uh, this is less cool. Yeah. And the fact that it's just such a cliche. Yes. It, it's, you know. it, when Earthbound did it, it was less cliche. Yeah, I, 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 it was still probably kind of cliche then. Mm-hmm. But ah, but they did a good definitely. But they did a good job, and that had the yeah. mechanical thing where you won the last battle by by selecting the prey option over and over again, and that really mm-hmm. that really brought it home in that game. Yeah, and it's it's a game where you know the uh, the importance of friendship is really key to like the themes of the entire game, whereas like a lo- the way you see it happen you know, used in a lot of JRPGs is, oh, you're about to die from, you know, the big boss, and then all of your friends appear, and they somehow give you some superpower, some friendship superpower that, like, re-energizes you. Yeah, that's that's usually that's real standard. And this is more interesting than that. And to be fair, Persona is definitely a series of games about friendship. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, yeah, I, I I think it works in these games. Yeah, it's much more acceptable than in like you know, Dragon Fighter Nine or some game I'm making up where just the game is about <laughs> enchanting weapons and then at the end it's the power of friendship. No, you can't you can't do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, part of the reason it doesn't work quite as well for me here is because I don't know. For all the game says it's about friendship, I don't feel like it executes on that as well as well for. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, I don't see these people hanging out with each other after the game's over. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, maybe they'll keep in touch for a few years or, like, Facebook each other, but... (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Totally. But, you know, like, I don't see, like, Ryuji and Makoto going to get coffee every afternoon or whatever. No. You know... Yeah. Uh, did 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 I get to the part where uh, your your the phantom phantom the the fan site meter actually like fills up so much it starts glowing white and explodes? You, you did not get to that point. Okay, because that's how this ends. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? We didn't need the meter, guys. Like, I can no. see, I, I I can see why you put it in. Like, oh, we're tying it in. It's 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 thematic unit. No, it, it's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> it was real dumb. It's a poll on a website. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so, yeah, then we get um, a very cool ultimate super persona scene at the end, which I like. Um, it's also a little weird. Um, so you cut back to Joker standing on the giant sky. Oh, the whole fight with Yargle Borgle has been on like a super skyscraper above the clouds. Mm-hmm. Um, so you cut to Joker and uh, he has Arsene with him. Um, could maybe have addressed how Arsene got there, but okay. It's fine. Um, And you get that, like, blue persona energy going up. And then, very interestingly, Joker grabs the chains that are, like, that chain up all of your personas in the game. That's, like, 
a very big design element in the game is that all of your personas are chained to you, kind of. Right. Uh, And he kind of whips the chain and it shatters. I'm like 95% sure that that me- that the chained personas mean something, but I have not been able to figure out what that is. Yeah, I, I can tell you. Like, I, like, <laughs> like the game does have enough kind of symbolic unity, and it does some pretty interesting stuff on that level that I know that means something. That's, yeah. that's not the level where the game falls down. And this is like, it's clearly really significant that the chain is breaking. I just, mm-hmm. I, I just don't know what it is. Um, so then he shatters and his face does this weird thing. And then Yargle Bargle mocks you being like, haha, you failed to harness the power of your persona. Um, <laughs> but then like some thunder and lightning happens and um, this giant angel robot thing descends from the clouds. Um, yeah. Oh, important to note here at the beginning of this scene, Joker's mask disappears um, and he remains maskless, maskless through the rest of the fight, mm-hmm. which is cool and interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's actually the visual image of him in his Phantom Thief outfit without the mask is very compelling, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I definitely agree. That's a, his outfit's cool, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, super cool. Especially next to all of his friends' lame outfits. Yeah. Like, you know, Makoto got by okay, but... Yeah, no, she's, she's looking pretty <laughs> she, bad, She's good, but, but everybody else, mm. yeah. I mean, Haru has pantaloons, and she's not the, the worst-looking one of them. Yeah, totally. Um, so then Morgana chimes in with another one of his stupid little, if a god plays naughty, it's a demon lord's duty to punish him. What? Right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, exactly. So uh, then your uh, your ultimate persona. Did we, did we mention that this is a, a, a spinoff from the uh, SMT series? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so then your ultimate persona is revealed to be Satanael, which is a made up angel, but it's like Satan as an angel. Mm-hmm. I'm actually super down with this symbolically. I think it's actually the perfect choice. Um, just imagining you know, the devil as this rebellious spirit and bringing like the idea. It, it perfectly encapsulates the idea of divine rebellion. That is very much uh, what the Phantom Thieves are all about. Right. And it's a good like characterization of like a trickster god because there's not like you know a really like i mean as far as i know of there's not like a really like you know iconic and recognizable figure you know like the trickster is usually like Um, yeah you know this natural figure that's like you know that's not necessarily like this like god like form yeah it doesn't make sense as an ultimate persona um I mean, they they could have gone with Lucifer, um, but I actually think that making it, no, it's not like Lucifer the unfallen. This is Satan as an angel after he's fallen, like right. the, as, an angel who has already fallen from heaven, but is still an angel kind of mm-hmm. and is totally. kind of powered up to use a very video gamey term by his <laughs> own rebellion. Yeah. Um, so I like that a lot. I think that's very good. Um, so uh, then you have a fight. He tries to do some stuff to you. Nobody takes any damage because your persona is awesome. Uh, and so then you do the thing in the uh, end of the persona game where you get the one option to select your ultimate super attack, uh, which here is sinful shell. 
okay, <laughs> uh, which is described as a bullet made from the seven deadly sins that can pierce a god. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sure. Game. Mm-hmm. Like, there's. But this is pretty cool. Oh no, this is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, for as lame as that sounds, it's actually awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Because you're, uh, you know, <laughs> you're uh, shooting a god, Yargbargle, and blowing a giant hole yeah. in, his, in his head. It's just this great thing when you get like, close up on Joker's face as he raises his gun and says, be gone. And then yes. cut to uh, Satanael, who also has like a giant angel gun shooting <laughs> a massive bullet, blowing a hole in this god's head. It's great. Yeah. It's great. That's how you kill a god in a video game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's still talking, uh, but he's like slurring now, which I think is great. <laughs> it's like, oh, the trickster. Wow. <laughs> I guess Igor was right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then he disperses into little sparkles and turns into a cup, like a, a normal giant cup. <laughs> Which I, like a novelty one. Yeah, like, um, like probably about the size of a laundry hamper. Yeah. Uh, which I guess is like the treasure in its original inanimate form. Um, I'm not going to think too hard about that because I don't think the game designers did. No. Um, so, yeah, then Morgana touches the cup. Uh, he thanks you and explains that this place will soon disappear and he must now go home. Uh, I don't know what place he's talking about, the giant tower they're on, maybe. Uh, but then there's a flash and you find yourselves back on the streets of Shibuya with time frozen now. Mm-hmm. And then um, so we, we get a little anime cutscene of the sun coming out and the blood rain stopping and all the mm-hmm. creepy skeleton stuff kind of blows away. And then Morgana, like, starts to float up like a ghostly cartoon angel and delivers a little speech, which kind of hammers home the themes of the game. Um, I, I, I've written out the whole thing here because, it, yeah, this is your thesis statement game. Yes. Uh, so he says, the whole world is a product of cognition, not just the metaverse. It can be freely remade. Same goes for you and everyone else. Soon a new world will come, one where mankind isn't held captive. The world will shine brightly as long as you hold hope in your hearts. Remember, there's no such thing as the real world. What each person sees and feels, those are what shapes reality. This is what gives the world infinite potential. Even if you feel only darkness lies ahead, as long as you hold hands and see it through as one, the world will never end. The world exists within all of you. And then Morgana disappears. Um, Which, I mean, you know, that's cheesy, but I don't know. It works for me. Oh, yeah, I think it, I think it works. I, I think this, it, it, it's a good theme for the game. Um, I, I like mm-hmm. I really like the, hey, you know, it's all cognition. Yeah. Like the metaverse is just a weird, like magic metaphor thing. Like mm-hmm. everything works that way. And yeah, exactly. And, you know, in the like. You know, as far as like the themes that you've been running with in the game, you know, it's very appropriate to like basically be like you make make of the world what you what you, you know, intend to and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, I think the speech probably could um, do with a little uh, pass for cliches. Yeah. Um, Like, I think if you just kind of cut some of those out and (laughs) left uh you know, the whole world, the product of cognition, blah, blah, blah. The world exists within all of you. Um, that would have been perfect. But 
it's fine the way it is. It, it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I, I like that. So um, then everyone's sad about Morgana disappearing. Um, Haru's like, hey, guys, uh, that app that lets us go into the metaverse is gone. So I guess Mementos is gone, too. Um, we get a li- one of our classic snippets of the crowd being like, oh, I sure have opinions. Uh, <laughs> but uh, this time a guy's like, wow, can't believe there's no prime minister. No way they're letting Shido take off- office. Not after all of those horrible crimes he confessed to. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. Um, and then again, we get uh, them re- uh, reiterating the scene with Makoto saying, well, now we should just believe in the adults. Sis, Sis promised us, after all, the idea that now their job is to entrust the world to respectful adults. Mm, don't right. don't rebel forever. Yes. Don't don't keep rebelling, kids. You have to stop. Just... You, no, no, you can't take power. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> that would be disastrous. Yeah, that's that's a little strange. Well, um, philosophically, it actually does make sense. Uh, in okay, I'm, I was talking with my friend who's a philosophy guy um, mm-hmm. about um, some Persona Five stuff, and it does make sense for the the characters who because ba- okay, basically what uh, the Phantom Thieves have done here is. Um, philosophically equivalent to founding a new city created a new foundation for the law in this world um right uh and to create and plato refers to that as founding a city and you Mm -hmm. see that in classic literature all over the place and to found a city to create a new law it is in you have to go outside the law um because Mm -hmm. it means destroying the previously existing law to create a new one so you have to be in very simple terms, you have to be uh, a criminal to create uh, a new society. Um, so the idea of them then not being able to uh, kind of take up the role of governing this new society of just laws does make sense from that perspective because they're tricksters. They're kind of forces of chaos. Right. And that that's not what they do. It's it's. Mm-hmm not right for them to continue to exert influence because they've set this system in motion. Right. I didn't explain that. No, 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 I, I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, I think within that context, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Like, would you vote for Joker? No, no, (laughs) no. I I would want him to fix the problems and then leave. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so uh, anyway, then it starts snowing because, oh, right, it's Christmas. Uh, Anne says, is this what they call the white Christmas? Thanks, Anne. <laughs> yeah. Aren't you like Scandinavian, like half Scandinavian? <laughs> 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 and you grew up traveling around the world? Okay. Right. Yes, this is what they call a, a white Christmas, which yeah. I guess everybody, all our characters are going to go to KFC and... Uh, isn't that basically what they do in Japan for Christmas? I have no idea. Maybe. <laughs> I, I I think that's what they do. I think people just go to KFC. Oh, um, like the traditional thing. Ah, oh, well, that maybe. Um, yeah. So uh, anyway, then we cut to Joker just kind of still hanging out. Everyone else is left, and uh, Sai comes up and is like, "Hey, great, you did it." Um, only thing is, uh. Because the legal system is still real screwed up, uh, in order to convict Shido, uh, you're going to need to turn yourself into the police. And because of that assault charge on your record, you're going to go to jail. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is what's going to happen. Uh, but if you don't do that, then we'll probably never be able to convict Shido, and the cops will probably fabricate charges against you and all your friends. Right. Um, and so Joker's like, yeah, all right. I, I don't quite understand why Joker has to turn himself in. Well, to- uh, I, I really like it thematically. Um, no, thematically, I think it works. But um, it would be better if he yeah. had committed some actual crimes. Mm-hmm. Um, like later on when they're reading his charges, it's like you're charged with going into Mamarame's house without permission, violating broadcasting law. <laughs> like, <laughs> just just like these nonsense, like super minor charges. Um, but like, no, I like the idea that, um, you know, again, going back to that, uh, having to go outside the law to create a new law, uh, mm-hmm. the idea that, um, then under the new t- law, the the hero is the one who then, you know, pays for their crimes of, of founding the new law. Right. I have created this, and so I will live by its rules. It, it's it's very heroic mm-hmm. in, a, in a way that I'm not bored of seeing. Mm. Yeah. Um, so um, just on your way uh, to the police station with Sai on Christmas Eve, uh, you get a text from uh, your girlfriend. Or I guess if you dated a bunch of people, like a jerk, you get a text from all of them, and you get to pick which one you want to spend Christmas with. Right. Um, so, um, I just played through this, uh, bit today on my, uh, no romance playthrough. Um, and in that version, Sojiro texts you and is like, Hey, it's Christmas. Come hang out. <laughs> um, and so you do. And Christmas Sojiro. Yeah. What a, what a, what a yeah. magical, magical experience. Um, it's actually pretty great. Um, yeah. you just hang out with him and Futaba and, uh, she's like, um, you know, I want to go get turkey and uh, probably KFC in the Japanese version. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's like, no, I broke. I cannot afford a turkey, literally. Um, and then the scene ends with this amazing one liner from her, which is like, fine, I want pizza and I want to see some poor fool in a Santa costume delivering it, <laughs> which was fantastic. I was very that that was totally worth not doing a a romance in this playthrough that's really good to get that line it was real good um yeah uh i don't really remember the christmas eve scenes or the other one i saw in my first playthrough with uh where i uh, did the romance with makoto uh i think it was probably sweet and nice i think it is uh, i did makoto too and yeah. i think you know you just kind of like hang out and talk about Talk about your feelings and cuddle. Yeah, and I think she figures out that um, you're going to turn yourself in. Right. And she's upset about it, but, you know, she she knows how it is. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea how any of the other romance options go because they are all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. We come down very, very strongly oh, yeah, on no. the uh, Makoto, Makoto yeah. option yeah, they're, 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 on uh, Magatine. Fun. Yeah, there, there's one one character you can romance in this game. Yes. <laughs> um, all right, so anyway, um, next day, um, oh, you, you kind of tentative, tentatively planned a party with the rest of the gang the next day because you love having parties. Um, so they all show up and it's like, oh, he turned himself in. And they're all sad. Yeah. Um, yep. Um, you know, I could describe them being sad, but 
it's it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're like, yeah, we understand, but this sucks. We got to do something. So then we cut to uh, New Year's Eve and a kind of needlessly animated cutscene of them standing and talking while the like countdown happens. Um, and they're like, okay, well, I guess we need to do some kind of grassroots campaign to get Joker out of jail. Um, and so they do. And for like, uh, you get like, uh, kind of a montage thing of different scenes at different points in the next like month or so of, uh, the Phantom Thieves and then all of your social links kind of campaigning to get you out of jail. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fine. Um, it's funny how varied the effectiveness of various characters are (laughs) um like you get the kid in the arcade saying hey other guys in the arcade go sign a petition (laughs) and then you you cut to you know um our friend uh uh, what's the name the politician and oh uh japanese bernie sanders yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) to him like making an impassioned speech to all of these legislators about (laughs) your wrongful convictions like you know what that one's gonna do something (laughs) Uh, yeah those kids in the arcade and the member of uh, parliament both helped Mm -hmm. um so yeah that happens um then you get a weird little scene uh of joker in the velvet room uh where lavenza and igor say that they're proud of you and you get the world arcana and now when i say i when i say you get uh what i mean is a glowy card appears in your hand Mm -hmm. that has not that and Lavenda explains that it's the world, uh, which is the power to stand up on your feet, unswayed by... Okay, this was a grammar error I noticed. The power to stand up in this world on your own feet, unswayed by no one. Hmm. So that that's a double negative. Yeah. It, it should be swayed by no one or unswayed. Yeah. So that's just a straight-up grammar error game. <laughs> Unless you mean you're swayed by everyone all the time. Yes, exactly. Which I don't think is <laughs> I don't the intent. Um, and then the, that this is the basis of hope towards a that will become the basis of hope toward a future with your teammates who share the same belief. Um, really, okay. Yeah. Really only notable for that not being a well translated line. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it means nothing. Uh, and you get a magic tarot card after every gameplay segment of the game is over. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Then Igor and Lavenza disappear and kind of the velvet room pops out of existence and Joker finds himself in a terrifying black void and the butterfly goes across. I bet that butterfly is Philemon. Very possibly. I mean, because Lavenza's not a butterfly anymore. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Hey, Philemon's in the game, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that happens. Um, and then we cut to February 13th, the day before Valentine's Day, by coincidence. And Sai comes to visit you in jail with some good news. Uh, they've uh, successfully gotten the case launched against Shido, and also your conviction's overturned and you can leave. Mm-hmm. A couple of weird things about this. Um, she makes a point of saying that uh, the key piece that got him exonerated was the, the testimony of the woman who was attacked by Shido that, you know, Joker initially stepped in with. The reason he, he got sent to jail in the first place all that time ago. Like the, right. Um, it was her testimony that ultimately got him out. Uh, weird how she never shows up in the game at any point. That's true. I just I, I always thought that was weird. Should, mm-hmm. Shouldn't she be like a character? Like, seems like that would be a good character to have in the game. 
Yeah, you would think so. Um, you never find out why he was attacking her either. Mm-hmm. Uh, never find out anything about that. Uh, no. So, okay. Uh, good to know that the character who you decided not to put in your 100-hour game was the most important thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, then, kind of randomly, she asks what the treasure of her metaverse palace world was. Um, and you don't, you, you're given an option here, but neither of them are you telling her. Did we ever actually find out what it was? I, like Makoto said, it was probably her dad's police notebook, but I don't think we ever saw it. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't, I don't think we actually saw it, but I mean, it does sound right that it was, um, the, uh, dad's police notebook yeah because then she goes on to say a thing about how um you know the most important thing was um like uh justice for the people who are close to her like helping people with justice like in a family kind of way i forget her exact words (laughs) um uh so then she says that uh by the way after the shido case she's quitting and becoming a defense lawyer uh good for you Mm -hmm. um that's nice um or you could, you know, have just stayed a prosecutor and made a point of not prosecuting innocent people. That'd be just as good, maybe better. Right. But okay. But, you know, uh, and, it's, it's good. It, you know, it's, it's some kind of, like, character, uh, you um, know, development no, uh, or spy. Yeah, no, and, it's, and it is true that, um, like, going into business for herself means that she doesn't have to deal with this uh, kind of bullshit uh, patriarchy crap at her job. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. Yeah. So probably a good move. Then then we get this real weird little thing that happens, um, which is uh, God, this is weird. So (laughs) just on her way out the door, she's like, huh, doesn't this seem a little too perfect the way your destiny was tied to Shido? It's almost as if someone planned the whole thing. Then you get a flashback to how, huh, nothing would have happened uh, like this whole thing wouldn't have happened if you hadn't run into Shido at that hotel after you stole Kamashita's heart. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and Sai's like, you know, you could have stopped after Kamashita. That's right, right? And you're like, yep. <laughs> then Sai idly muses, hmm, could this have been your plan for the entire time? Were you secretly guiding the Phantom Thieves from the get go to take down Shido using your brain power, like your metaverse brain powers? Right. Um, now here, um, the answer you select does seem to affect her response. Um, I watched a couple of these. Um, your choices are to say, maybe. Um, and if you say that one, then she's like, haha, you're joking, right? And then she's like, no, wait, you don't sound like you're joking. Um, and then uh, the third one is, uh, second one is, it's a coincidence. I don't know what happens if you pick that one. And the third one is, uh, it's all, it was all a game. Ha ha. Oh, real good game. Mm-hmm. Being, being meta. It was a video game because we're playing a video yeah. game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great. Um, but <laughs> what do we think of the idea that Joker has been secretly masterminding this entire thing, the entire game without our knowledge? Um, I, I, I think that this is a load of bullshit, <laughs> more or less. Uh, well, yeah, well, what the... <laughs> I mean, you know, I think we've talked about this prior where it's like, you know, for the most part that the story is being told from the perspective of Joker. 
And then all of a sudden there are scenes that are not from the perspective of Joker. Um, and so this kind of just like also falls in that realm where it's like, okay, um, so I've been playing this character for a hundred hours and I didn't know that this was going on. Yeah. The question of how much you are supposed to identify with this guy, it's, mm, it's weird. And although I do like it, cause okay. If he did plan the whole thing out, then it means that he did remember who Shido was the whole time. Right. Um, although then, then that means those flashes of memory that you kept getting were just the game screwing with you because he wasn't, it, it, it's not like he was misleading anyone else. Mm-hmm. Those were all like wordless in Joker's head segments. Yeah. Um, I mean, I agree that this is dumb and doesn't make sense, but I wish it did make sense. <laughs> Right. Like, I wish that they had written the rest of the game with this kind of ending in mind. I would have Mm -hmm. been I would have been pretty down with like, oh, shit, Joker masterminded the whole thing. He's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. That would have worked because he is cool or he's real cool. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or, you know, play the other way and say that it was masterminded by Yargi Bargi or whatever his name was. Yeah. I mean. I mean, that, that's that makes, not as cool, but it makes well, more sense. Yeah. Um, maybe Yargi Bargi's special power was making everyone forget things. Right. Um, again, probably would have made more sense in Persona 4 where it was fog themed. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and that game really didn't do very much of that at all. Right. Like people didn't know the stuff they were finding, didn't ever know the stuff they were finding out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Yeah, so that's just a weird thing the game throws in for no reason. Hey, what if this was all a part of an elaborate plot? <laughs> Something to think about. Anyway, um, I guess maybe it's trying to give you a role-playing choice. Like, you can decide if Joker did this or not. Right, right. I think, I think that's the intention, which is cool. And it's just kind of poorly, it's fumbled. Yeah. Like, I, I'm all for letting the player decide big plot elements like that. Mm-hmm. Like, and you can do it in ways like this that don't require a ton of extra writing, but they also need to be consistent with the way everything else is written. Yeah, absolutely. You can, you know, maybe this worked in Japanese. Maybe the way it's phrased somehow makes it make sense. I am less likely to believe that because I think this, this just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like it's not a language thing, but you never know. Okay. So that's that. Um, then you get a little anime cutscene of you leaving jail and getting picked up by Sujiro. And Sujiro picks you up. Um, the news in the, co- the radio, car news, uh, says there was another train accident. And Sujiro's like, oh, hey, like that time when we just met. Sorry I was a jerk then. Mm-hmm. And then you go back to the cafe and all your friends are waiting for you in a kind of get out of jail party. Yep. And then something weird happens and Morgana's back. Mm-hmm. But this time... He's not a weird, like, creepy cartoon cat. He's just the regular cat. And, like, his little picture when he talks is just the regular cat face. I really wish that we just had regular cat Morgana for the I entire ag- game. I agree very strongly. I think the weird, cartoon, the weird cartoon design is weird. Yeah, it, I totally agree. Uh, it's, it's, uh, like, I'm, like, why can't just a regular cat be your mask? I don't really get this mascot thing in JRPGs in the first place. Mm-hmm. 
I didn't get Teddy in Persona 4. Like, I, well, I'm not even going down that hole. Um, but, <laughs> um, but why can't it just be a, a normal cat? I, I would, I would have a much easier time kind of buying, like, the suspension of disbelief is for regular talking cat is so much smaller than it is yeah. for a giant cartoon talking cat. Yeah, exactly. Like even um, and and you know you had a dog in your party in uh, Persona Three. Why could just yeah. have a cat? Yeah, totally. It's not like Morgana's persona was great looking, as we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Just just have a cat and, claw on him. Yeah, exactly. He's he's just a lot cuter, um, especially when you carry him around in your bag. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I bet people would be a lot less upset about that Morgana telling you to go to bed all the time if it was a cute cat saying it instead of some weird circle face thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, I mean, the next game that we're going to be doing um, does have a talking cat. Um, that's an actual regular cat. And uh, he's much cooler. Yeah, makes sense to me. Um, so, anyway, the Morgana comes back. uh and explains that actually he didn't disappear at all. After that big floating up to heaven scene, he just found himself standing in Shibuya as a cat. But he felt weird about not coming about coming back right after his big speech, which, well, okay, that's just the writer talking. Right. It's the writer saying, well, we can't bring him back after that big cool speech that said the point of the game. <laughs> um, I'll give the character the same reason. Obviously, this cat would live in the gutter <laughs> for two months. Yeah, exactly. Rather than ruin a speech. <laughs> um, and then he uh, he goes on to state that he still he still wants to become human. Uh, I really feel strongly that this is going to be the plot of one of the spinoff games. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Like it's I'm telling to, you, Persona Q two. Yeah, how Morgana becomes human. Like it, yeah. it's it, that is going to happen. I, I will put serious money down that that is the plot. That That is at least his character's plot in a follow-up mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and then he does a thing that theorizes that maybe he's still, he, he came into the real world because of his friendship with the team. Okay, fine. I guess that's how that works. Yep. Um, and then the gang brings up that, uh, oh, right. Now Joker has to go back home to his real family next month. Which is something that happens in all the Persona games, and I don't really com- quite no. understand like why it needs. Doesn't to happen, happen in three. You're right. Just four and five. Yeah. Well, your character in three, he's like going to the, to the school. The expectation at the beginning of Persona Three certainly is that you just move to the city. Yeah. You're not like going to the city for a year. Well, Persona 4 does have, and in Persona 4, it makes, uh, it, Persona 4, it made enough sense. Your parents are going abroad. You got to stay with your uncle. Fine. Mm-hmm. Persona 5 took that premise and made it real weird with, you got convicted of a crime you didn't commit, so your parents sent, to, sent you to live with some guy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Until your probation's <laughs> over. Which <laughs> is never not weird. Yeah, this like, oh yeah, I'm I'm the guy who um your parents who your parents don't know but sent you to live. Like, who are I just want to know what's up with the Joker's parents? They must suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it goes along with the uh, running theme of uh, parents not being around. But uh, 
Yeah, it's 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 real weird. And it also it's the kind of thing where it's like, man, you've gotten in trouble, so we're going to send you to the biggest city in this country. Well, the, the, so the, like, the, really... the, the excuse they gave for it in game is that there was only one school in Japan that would take a student with a criminal record. Right. Which, uh, I, 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 you know, maybe that's true. Um, seems odd that, you know what, I don't know enough about the Japanese education to even guess what the uh, legal status of someone's right to an education is. Yeah, that's neither do I. Um, so maybe that is. Uh, in America, that would be weird. Um, or I guess you just maybe get your GED. Why doesn't he just get his GED? I, well, who uh, knows how GEDs work in Japan? Yeah. <laughs> um, not terribly relevant. The point is that you have to go back to wherever you're from in a month. Um, mm -hmm. I like to imagine it's the town in Persona 4. Just cause. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, again, you know, Persona Q two. Uh, <laughs> like <laughs> he shows back, like, hey, I'm back. It's like, oh yeah, hey Chie, <laughs> what yeah. have you been up to? <laughs> you know, something that we didn't mention, but um, uh, something that does happen um, in December is that if you watch what's going on on the TV. A lot of old friends show up. Um, oh, yeah, that that um, that happens at various times throughout the game. Yeah, it just seems to be like like a lot of them show up like during the final month. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, we, we get updates on what um, all of our favorite characters who aren't dead from the other Persona games are doing. Mm hmm. Yep. They're Which has been famous. a thing since three. They're all famous or highly successful. Well, yeah, all the ones we hear about are. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a tradition that started in Persona 3 with the... It, it, it's exactly the same. You would turn on yeah. the TV and they would mention, like, oh, hey, it's so-and-so from Persona 2 saying a thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that does happen. Um, lighter on the crossovers in pre to previous games than um, 4 was, certainly. Mm -hmm. uh, which is all well and good, because I don't think I could have handled an extended, like, hour-long scene where they all go to Innova for some reason. <laughs> yeah. And meet all of their favorites. Um, but, yeah. Um, so Joker's leaving the city. Um, it feels weird because we know nothing about his life outside the city. Mm -hmm. um, but, okay. But you have to do it because of reasons. Um, and so they decide that they're going to throw you a party. And then there's some more talk about planning parties. And I realized how much of this game the characters spend planning parties. Yeah, that's a good point. It's really a lot. <laughs> and the parties are always just sit around the cafe with food or go to a restaurant. Yeah, exactly. Great parties. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Then we get our uh, final romance Valentine's Day scene thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're you're a dick. Yeah, if, if you're a, been, a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, all of, you know, and you've been romancing all of the women, then they all show up. And look kind of annoyed. At yeah, you. I, I don't know what happens in that scene, um, but uh, you have it coming and you should feel bad. Yes. Um, now, the scene, if you're single, is pretty funny, too. Um, basically, you're just sitting around and Sojiro's kind of making fun of you. And then Ryuji shows up and is like, hey, <laughs> uh, nobody gave me any chocolate. I called Yusuke, <laughs> but he's out with girls. <laughs> Those Mishima. 
oh, here's a piece of chocolate that the lady at the convenience store gave me when I bought a drink. And he just like throws <laughs> you a, like a Hershey's kiss from his pocket. That's really funny. And then he just like complains. There's a very amusing line where he says um, that the girls on the team are really inconsiderate. They should have at least gotten them teammate chocolate. <laughs> and then we get the classic old man i'm done with dating just friendship forever yes sirree mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just like you always get and then that's that scene it's cute i, I really enjoyed the idea of teammate chocolate though yeah <laughs> that's pretty good and then uh, you cut to the last day you're just about to get on your train and go back to inaba <laughs> um and you do your classic persona walk around and talk to all your social links yeah. Um, Get to see all your favorites. Yep, all your favorites. Fortune-telling lady, chess girl. Yep. Yakuza guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, Japanese Bernie Sanders, of course. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, the, clearly the best social link in the game. Um, nah, actually, social link's not that great, but, yeah, it's, it's above average. Uh, the ones with, the, your, with like, um, some of your party members. I like you guys the best. Yeah. I think that's the best social link. Yeah. Uh, but of like your tertiary characters, I, I think Japanese Bernie Sanders is probably my favorite. I think he's up there. I I, I, I also like, uh, really like Punk Doctor. The Punk Doctor's fun. Um, her, you know, curing an infant with an incurable illness thing felt pretty phoned in to me. Yeah. I mean, um, maybe I'll just take a second to reflect on a flaw I think the social links in this game have. Uh, which is that they all follow the pattern of learn about someone's problems, then use magic to fix it. Then they're grateful for you, grateful to you forever. Mm-hmm. Um, that go into mementos and fix everyone's problem thing really makes them all feel very samey. Yeah, yeah, and I I actually felt like um, coming to this after Persona Three and Persona Four, I wish they had like done you know tried to like evolve the social links a little bit more um and maybe you know i don't know exactly how they would have done it but you know maybe have uh you know different social links like affect one another it felt kind of samey not only in the way that you described but same kind of like structure as previous games yeah, I feel like um, in 3 and 4, there were examples of social links that just kind of had their own narrative beats mm-hmm. um, and felt, you know, different. Um, I do I do like how they um, added uh, the thing where you unlock certain abilities as you gain social links in 5. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, I feel like they probably should have thought of that for 4. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like that a lot. That was a great addition to the system. Um giving you abilities that had to do with the person. And it usually fit pretty well. They did a good job on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, eh. and then just like, and then you had like the extraneous systems, like giving them gifts and stuff and oh, all those weird things where you could like take them to different locations and they'd sometimes give you objects to put in your room. Yeah. Um, okay. It just seemed like a lot of stuff for no reason. It seemed like a lot of stuff that was just kind of bolted on a system that's, like, getting a little, like, you know, getting a little old. Needs maybe a little more rethinking in the next next game when we yeah. get in 10 years. Yeah, a little bit of innovation could really help. Yeah. Um, 
or just or I just think some stronger writing. Yeah. Um, like some of these stories are just I do not care about them. Right. Uh, oh, the kid in the arcade. Oh, oh, his mom's weird. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's a jer- who cares? <laughs> uh, who is that? that? I really don't like that little twerp. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and your fortune telling lady who's just hippie chick. Who yeah. Works for a fortune telling cult. Whatever. Um, Yakuza, Yakuza guys link actually is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't play through it on my first time, but um, I caught it this time. And yeah, his is good. Uh, it's all about his relationship with his son. That's good. Yeah, which was, it was interesting and different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that one. Um, but then, of course, you have to go into the metaverse and stop the Yakuza from killing him. Um, but yeah, anything else to say about the social links here? I think that pretty much wraps it up. I mean, I don't have yeah. any more like thoughts like oh, on the uh, social links. Fun, um, fun little fact uh, is that the, the tarot card images used in this game are uh, kind of parodies of um, the card designs of the, uh, tar- the Tarot de Marseilles or Marseille or however you say that. Um, it's an old tarot deck that's very famous uh-huh. from uh, like I think the 1700s or 1600s, maybe earlier. Um, and all of the, uh, the art on the, the cards in the game is kind of uh, – modernized punked up versions of those cards it was a lot better than the uh really bland designs in both three and four right which were just like yeah i guess it's a tarot card it was cool that i mean the visual design in this game they really went all out oh yeah just anything that any kind of graphic designer did in this game uh deserves all the praise Mm -hmm. seems like they were just making everything perfect while everyone else was just trying to get the game working yeah, exactly. Um, okay, but yeah, that's social links. Um, so then we get to the very end of the game, which is uh, Joker walking up to the train station when, gasp, it's the gang, and they've rented a van. Uh, and they're going to drive him to town. Mm-hmm. Uh, to his little hometown or whatever. Um, I actually really kind of liked this as an ending. Um, it, it, I don't know. It, it felt like the thing that, assuming teenagers could rent cars which I'm doubtful about, but assuming that that could happen. Right. Uh, it seems like a really nice thing that um, some teens would do for their friend who's moving away. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, and just, it, it felt not, really authentic. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was nice. Um, I'm not a huge fan of these, like, ending anime scenes. I don't, I don't know. They just feel, like, well, I mean, very, very anime to me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then there's like a little joke about the cops trailing you, but then Morgana steals a spark plug from their car to make the van work. Ha ha. Oh, yeah. Look at that cat stealing stuff. Yep. Ooh. Um, yeah. And, uh, then the car is doing this little funny anime swerve thing where it goes like, like (laughs) right, left that you always see an anime when a car is going. I don't know what that (laughs) is. It's an anime thing. Yeah. Um, and then credits roll, and credits run for frickin' ever in this game. I would say it's honestly 15 minutes of credits. Um, and then you get a little post credit scene, mm-hmm. uh, which is just a continuation of the previous scene that did not need to have the credits in the middle of it. No. Um, so you're down, uh, you're driving with your buddies, uh, you come, uh, the highway takes a turn, and now you're driving right next to this beautiful ocean. Um, Makoto turns on the radio, and it's playing the Persona 5 soundtrack, and everyone's grooving to it. 
And then uh, Ryuji helpfully restates the game's theme. If you yes. want to change the world, all you have to do is look at it differently. But he then follows that up with the absolutely baffling statement, and that is what aesthetics are. <laughs> okay, Ryuji. <laughs> I don't know I, where that comes from. I, it, I don't know what that means. Is he trying to be, like, cool like Yusuke? I don't know. That's as good a guess as any. I Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know why he would say that or what it means. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess something about art being beauty being subject. Like, no, it doesn't make sense. No. That, you know what, Ryuji? That is not what aesthetics are. That's not what that word means. <laughs> uh, and then then we get um, like an actual line from Joker who smiles at Ryuji and says, yeah, um, OK. Uh, it's weird seeing Joker talk. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I, I assume he's just humoring him because the thing he said doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, um, and everybody. then, yeah, okay, that's what aesthetics are. Uh, and then, yeah, he opens, Joker opens up the roof of the van because it has a sunroof and just kind of sticks his head out and enjoys the feeling of the freedom and the sea air and he's finally free. And I like that as an image. I think that's nice. Yeah, I, I like that too. I, yeah, I think joker just experiencing the simple feeling of driving down a highway with your friends and you're 16 it's a beautiful day that's great i i it hits the right notes emotionally mm -hmm. uh then he does his look at the camera thing and game and the game's over right <laughs> oh and it One ends last. with uh with a fin like a like a french movie right classy Mm-hmm. which i feel like you know kind of goes with the uh theming of uh you know a lot of the personas yeah, the absolutely. Going for, uh, I can't think of the term right now, but it's a French term. Uh, Joie de were, vivre? No, it's a, it, it was like the genre that they were going for specifically with this game. It's not, um, it's, it's, a, it's a pre new wave thing. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, anyway. I think we've probably brought it up in the past. So. Yeah, you know. Um, I'm sure a bunch of people are yelling at their uh Yeah, I'm sure. Their phone um, right now. Although, so. in all fairness, the game doesn't look like a French movie. No, I mean, no, that's true. Pretty much, you know, any resemblance to a French movie is is passed very much through the lens of inspiration. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Um, so I, I guess that's Persona 5. That is Persona 5. Anything uh anything else you'd like to add about it? Um well, uh, I guess I'll just sum up my feelings on the game, um, which are this game is too long <laughs> um, and it shouldn't have been this long. Or if it was this long, more stuff needed to happen. The combat system's real good. And I like that mm -hmm. uh, visually great. Uh, there's some really interesting thematic stuff, but it's bogged down uh, by just some real problems in pacing. And not all these problems come with the length. Some of them are problems in pacing just in terms of, like, scenes that happen in the space of an hour. Just yeah. the way the plot is laid out does not make sense and really hurts the good story that is in there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's my overall thoughts on Persona 5. Uh, I played it twice for the podcast. I am never going to play it again. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I, I, I still I, like it, though. I, it's good. Yeah. Dun, no, dun, I, dun. I'm not saying it's a bad game. It's good. I like it. <laughs> I liked it quite a bit. And, um, you know, I think if it had come out any other year, it 
doesn't hold up as well as it could, like in comparison to the amazing run of uh, games that came out in the first half of this year. I think um, I, I do think that the length of development really kind of hurt it um, in certain ways. I think that a lot of the pacing and story issues um, could probably be chalked up to the fact that they spent, you know, what, eight years making this game? Yeah, it really does seem like a lot of the issues are the kind of thing you'd get if you, you know, okay, like, you write a draft of the script. And then, you know, as production goes on, things need to change, so you start subbing out elements and changing lines here and there to fit what the game now needs to be. Mm-hmm. But if you do that for eight years, then, you know how much of the original script that made sense do you have left and how much have you replaced at different points for different reasons? Mm-hmm. They had a they had an idea for the story and then they just kind of kept picking at it and rearranging it as they needed to for various yeah. reasons. And that hurt it. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, there's there's not been a lot revealed about like what earlier versions of the game had. But I mean, one of the things that... Um, has been widely rumored, and I think it's been confirmed, is that there was a period where your uh, uh, the person who betrayed you was going to be like a random character, and that it could have cool. yeah, it could have been anybody in your team, um, which seems like a huge plot point to like change. Uh, that would actually explain kind of why the November stuff is kind of structured the way it is in these weird little episodes that could be switched in and out. Right, right. These little discrete reveals. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if the if the, there was something that changed there, I could see a system where certain scenes were swapped out with other scenes and they still wouldn't be great storytelling, but it would be cool. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah, I think what it was was somebody who, like, data mined the the game like found a bunch of uh, designs for like your team members looking evil and um, yeah, some text that looked like that was, you know, Mm. tension early on. But yeah, I mean, I think it's a really good game. I think that um, from, you know, just a aesthetic and design for uh, um, level, I think the gameplay is phenomenal. I think that, you know, it is as well designed a JRPG um, could be at this point, I think, you know, without yeah, like I, I agree. some major you know, changes. I know some people felt like it was too easy, but, you know, I really felt like the fact that it keeps pace pretty well with where you are in the game and there's not a lot of grinding and it like cuts out a lot of the bullshit that is kind of like endemic to JRPGs. Um, you know, I think it accomplishes those things really well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it is a little too easy, but just like one notch. Yeah. It's not a big deal. And I'd rather, you know, and again, with a game this length, if this game were hard, oh man. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, I agree. I think like just in terms of game mechanics and that stuff, it works very, very, very well. Mm-hmm. And visual design, excellent. Uh, really, all of my complaints are narrative. Um, also worth shouting out, uh, best music of certainly the modern Persona games by a landslide in my book. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like um, 
you know, when I first heard Persona 3 and 4's music, I was like, I don't like this. And then like <laughs> 60 hours later, it's like, okay, I guess I kind of like this. This, I'm like, okay, I just like this. This is good. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's so cool. It's such a, you know, um, I think I've talked about it on the Laser Time shows. Um, it's such a cool era of music that you don't hear kind of, uh, you know, it's kind of like really like, like seventies kind of black exploitation film kind of sound and, uh, you know, like funk and jazz. Like it's a style of music that you don't hear in video games very often. And like, it really stands out. Yeah. Yeah. I, this is, this is a great soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, um, I think that's everything I need to say about the game. Cool. Well, thank you for that's Persona 5. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, Alex. Oh, it was a pleasure. Anything you'd like to uh, plug or put out there? Yeah, um, I'm actually uh, just starting up a podcast right now. It's um, not out yet, but um, first episode probably should be by the time this comes out. It's a podcast where my buddy and I analyze uh, 19th and 20th century poetry in uh, like uh, we... We pick a we pick a poem each week uh, that we aren't really familiar with, and then we just go over it and do a really in depth analysis of it, um, mostly based on the text itself, um, not with a lot of like historical stuff. Um, it's called uh, E E Phone Poem, like E uh, E like E T Phone Home, like from the Alien right. movie. Um, you can uh, <laughs> you can find us at E uh, E Phone Poem dot tumblr dot com everything about it will be on there is is that poem as in poem yes poem okay e phone poema okay and i assume you'll be on itunes and all that yes yes i will awesome uh speaking of which uh please uh rate and review us on itunes and other places that we might be and uh, send us uh, your thoughts at megatonmarathon at gmail.com. And uh, you can also uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. There are many ways to find out when we have a new episode out. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Alex. Yeah, it's been great.